0: And now may God's grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God, our Father, and our Lord, and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So today, as I said, we're wrapping up our Connect sermon series called Get Connected. We've looked at God's grand sweeping plan for us. We've examined the new life that he's called us to live. We've talked about how that life is lived out in the context of, of our families, and now we are going to focus on getting connected with God's people, and this is all about unity. I'd like to buy the world a home and furnish it with love. Grow no apple, apple trees and honeybees and, and snow white turtledoves. I like to teach the world to sing sing with me I am, that was was a bit of a mistake on that, but uh, yeah, I saw a few of you singing along too. That ad first ran in 1971, and it quickly became absolutely iconic. After years of war in Vietnam, in the middle of the Cold War, this Coke commercial became for many a beacon of hope that the people of a divided and war-torn world could somehow come together and find unity in their common humanity, or at least in their common love for brown carbonated sugar water. (laughs) Even today, this commercial speaks to us in some ways, doesn't it? As we live in a world perhaps even more divided and war-torn than it was some 43 years ago, we are thirsty for someone to tell us that there is hope, that people can somehow, in some way, Come together. It's a beautiful but elusive idea, this idea of unity. Well, as luck would have it, Pastor Brandt uh, preached a sermon this weekend at our traditional services called United, and I'd encourage you to get online um, later this week and and have a listen to what he had to share with us if you haven't heard it already. Uh, Basically, his goal with that sermon was to get us thinking here at St. Lawrence about how God is calling us to unity as a congregation, specifically in the context of the building project that the Lord has placed before us. And in fact, for the next few weeks, um, our messages are going to be diving into that a little bit more. So it came as a bit of a happy coincidence, or I guess a better way of saying that is is part of God's upper story planning Uh, that Pastor Brant's message at the traditional services and my message today as we wrap up our Connect series uh, have quite a bit of overlap. So, unity. Unity really is a beautiful thing. So beautiful that David wrote that entire psalm all dedicated to that idea. Now, it's not a very long psalm. It's just three verses. The three verses that I read just a few moments ago. We'll revisit that a little bit. How good and pleasant it is when brothers live in unity. I think we're all with David at this point, especially if we understand that he's not saying it's it's just males. He's talking about, you know, brothers and as uh, just people in general. That's how they spoke. I think we're with David up to this point, but then he does something kind of strange. He compares unity to oil dripping down Aaron's beard. Now, you probably think this is a really weird and, maybe even gross analogy, unless you have a beard yourself. Because last winter, I kind of tried or or pretended to have a beard myself, and I have to say it was kind of oddly pleasant when, when stuff would drip down it. But, I know, you're all gonna think very differently of me now. But that, even that, is not what David's saying here, actually. You see, Aaron was the high priest, the spiritual leader of the people of Israel, and he was consecrated, set apart, anointed for that by the pouring of oil on his head. And so what David is saying is that true unity between God's people is a special consecration and anointing from God himself, particularly to serve him in his house as he forgives our sins. And so as David says in the third verse, this blessing of unity happens in the context of God bringing his people to eternal life. This is also what Paul is teaching us today in our passage from Ephesians 4. We are blessed with unity as the baptized people of God who have gathered together in this place where the Lord has spoken forgiveness for our sins, where our risen king will soon give us his true body and blood, to nourish our souls and unite us as his church, where we lift up our voices as one in praise and thanksgiving for everything that he is and everything that he has done. As Paul says, in in so many ways, we are one body just as there is one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all of us. And so as we go through Ephesians 4, we see that, that this unity that we have is both a gift and a goal. This is, these are the blanks in your sermon notes, uh, by the way. I have to admit, um, I, I borrowed, we'll say borrowed, I borrowed this line from Pastor Brandt. Um, but in the spirit of unity, it actually works out uh, very well, and it fits our text today perfectly. Because Paul says in verse 3, Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit Through the bond of peace. Now, if unity is something that God is calling us to keep, that means that it is something that we already have. But it's not something that we acquired or, or first achieved on our own. It is and has been from the very beginning a gift from God given to us through Christ. The last verse of our reading today says it is from him, from Christ, that the whole body, that's us as God's people, that the whole body, joined together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love. The unity that we have is a gift granted to us by the head of that body, Jesus Christ, who has showed us what love truly is by giving his life for us. And when he did that, he made us all one, uniting us under his cross, uniting us under the banner of his love, which was hung at half-mast on the hill of Calvary that day, and then waved in triumphant victory when Jesus stepped forth from the tomb and ascended into glory. We are a people joined together by his victory over death and hell, a unifying victory that is shared with us freely. As Paul says famously, in chapter 2, it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. And God gives us this gift in very specific ways through the speaking of absolution by the mouths of pastors and fellow Christians, through Christ's true body and blood given to us for the forgiveness of our sins, and through the matchless gift of baptism. Through baptism, God makes us holy, cleansing us by the washing with water through the word, as we talked about last week. Through baptism, we have been included in Christ and marked with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance as the children of God. Through Christ, and and specifically through baptism, God has given us, his people, the gift of unity. Unity. But that gift of unity is also a goal. As we've already been reminded, we are to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. It's like when, when parents give their child a puppy. The puppy is completely a gift, but along with that gift comes the responsibility to, to feed and nourish it, to clean up after it when things get messy, to love and treasure it for the wonder that it is. Now, in much the same way, the unity that God has given his people is a living and breathing thing that we must work to maintain and keep up. And so we must feed and nourish it, clean up when things get messy, and love and treasure it for the wonder that it truly is. In our text for today, Paul gives us several ways uh, to go about doing this through the power of the Spirit. He starts in verse 2 where he calls us to humility, Gentleness, patience, and love. Now, isn't it great how Paul just says things like this? Just tells us to do this stuff, guys. Just, just be completely humble and gentle when when people drive you crazy, and uh, you just can't stand them. Just, just be patient and bear with, bear with one another in love. We know that's not always very easy. Um, I saw a little uh, meme or or whatever on Facebook this last week that somebody posted that said, um, we can't control the people that come into our lives, but we can decide which window to throw them out of. And uh, I have to say, I've felt that way, I I think once, maybe maybe twice in my life. Um, People drive us crazy sometimes, don't they? But, But this is what God calls us to. So we have humility, gentleness, patience, and love. And uh, we're going to add peace to that list from from verse 3 that we've already looked at a couple of times now. Paul talks about the bond of peace. Now, peace is in some ways what drives a lot of this because the bond of peace is itself a gift and a goal. Uh, back in Ephesians 2, after those famous verses we just looked at, Paul talks about how Christ's death and resurrection has broken down the wall of hostility, particularly between Jews and Gentiles, but but really between all peoples. Where there was once division and war, there's now unity. We've been brought together. And we have a mandate to maintain that peace and to further it among ourselves. And and so another thing that God calls us to to do with one another is found in verse 15, which is uh, maybe one of the most challenging pieces of all calls us to speak the truth in love. Now this means that everything that we say to one another, everything that we say to one another, should serve the goal of building up the unity of the church. It also means that we are called to be truthful with one another, not shying away from tough issues, but cleaning up the messes that we make, holding ourselves and one another accountable. But when we do that, we come at it with humility, gentleness, patience, peace, and especially love. Now, another way that we strive for the goal of unity is found in verse 12. Um, in verse 11, that's where Paul describes how God has given apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to his church. But, uh, you know, there's a lot that those uh, those functions serve. But here in Ephesians, what Paul's concerned with is, is their purpose of Preparing God's people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up. Works of service. What work of service might God be calling you to take part in? For each week, these, uh, for each week of this series, we've had uh, those four videos highlighting four works of service you could get involved with here at Connect. Um, greeting people before the service, helping to serve coffee, helping to set up the, the stage, the curtains, and all of that, and uh, helping with the sound. There's, there's all sorts of ways to get involved here. Um, if you're interested in any of those, let me know. We'd love to get you connected. Um, but of course, you know, those are just kind of the tip of the iceberg of, of ways that we have to get involved in ministry here at Connect or, or more broadly at St. Lawrence. And we've been at work uh, the past several weeks putting something together to make it easier for you to do just that. Um, this is going to make him a little uncomfortable. I'm sorry, Dan. But I have to say, uh, those of you who know Dan Reiner probably already know uh, that he, he is always going about works of service with humility, gentleness, all those things. He's been especially hard at work the past couple of weeks putting together uh, a new section of our website. Uh, you have the link at the bottom of your sermon notes section. So uh, what I'd ask you to do is, when you get home this afternoon, or at least sometime this week, uh, visit saintlawrenceorg slash ministry. And uh, what we have there is um, a list of, of pretty much every ministry that we know of going on at St. Lawrence. I'm sure that we still have a, a bit of work to do on it, and there's... Um, you know, perhaps a lot more we'll be adding to it in the near future. But, but you'll find there's some specific information about each ministry, and uh, whom you should contact if you want to get involved. So, so take a look at that. This is uh, the first step in uh, some efforts that are now underway to make it a little easier for all of us to live the life of service that God has for us uh, as we're united as God's people. So, so if you're if you think to yourself, you know, I come to church on Sunday. But I'm, other than that, I'm not really actively involved in the life of my church. Um, I'd encourage you to, to change that by finding a place where you can get connected with God's people here at St. Lawrence. And if you go to that website and you find, you know, there's, there's nothing going on here in this area. We really need to be reaching out to our community by, by doing this. Start it. Let us know about it. We'll get it up. We'll get it going. And uh, we'll get other people involved. So, so please uh, take a look at that. As you know, um, the Lord has given this congregation all sorts of blessings in ministry and and in every other area. We've been united in Christ since 1845. How many of you were alive back then? Yeah. One, uh, he looks to be about 10 years old, but he was alive in 1845. Other than that... The Holy Spirit, who has always been alive, uh, has been uh, bringing this congregation uh, through so many things and helping us to reach people with with how beautiful it is to live with Jesus. Well now, with this building project that we've been talking about, we have before us um, a goal to further uh, that unity that we have as the people of God and and the mission that God's given us um, by together furthering the name and the kingdom of Christ here in Frankenmuth. Unity in the church today is in some ways more important than ever because our world is becoming increasingly polarized and contentious. And that also makes unity in the church that much more challenging. But I'd urge you to think about how you personally can help us to accomplish our goal of unity as as we move forward together and especially to ask yourself this question. Can we read that together? Lord? What do you want to do through me to accomplish your will for our church? Now, we're all going to have perhaps a different answer to that. And and it's important, just as it's important to come together and agree on things, it's also important to to recognize that not everybody's always going to agree on things. And we, we have to respect one another's right to do that. But it is incredibly important that we each, personally, really take the time to seek God's will for us in this and and to hop on board in whatever way we can, financially, uh, with our prayers, and especially, I would say, in how we build up the body of Christ and how we speak to one another. From ancient times, the the church has been described um, by the church itself as as a ship. Um, Part of the reason for this uh, symbol is is because the church is seen as a place of refuge in the midst of stormy seas. But if you think about it, uh, ships are not meant to stay in one place forever. If they do, in fact, they, they end up becoming pretty irrelevant or even useless. So let's all grab an oar and row together to wherever the Spirit leads us. Ultimately, we know the destination of that ship. We talked about that in week one of our series. How in God's grand plan, our ultimate destination is eternal life where we will all enjoy perfect unity with God and with God's people. Now, as we've been saying, this unity is both a gift and a goal. It's also both now and not yet. The unity of God's people is a reality now. Um, As Paul said back in chapter 1 of Ephesians, God placed all things under Christ's feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. The wall of hostility has already been broken down. We are Christ's body here and now. And we should rejoice in that. We should savor it. And we should live it out each day. But in some ways, we are still looking forward to the day when our unity will be made complete and perfect. That's why Paul also says that we seek to build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure and fullness of Christ. This is, after all, the grand culmination of God's plan that we began our series with. Back in chapter 1, verse 10, Paul says, This is a plan to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment, to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. Christ as the head of the body. That is where we are all headed together. And God wants us to start living it out right now. So let's do it. Let's help to quench the thirst of a world desperate for people to come together. Let's live out the unity that God has given us, the unity that Christ himself prayed for and died for on our behalf. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. Let's show the world what that looks like. In Jesus' name, amen. And finally, As Paul ends the book of Ephesians, grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. Amen.